the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. What you need to cover up this financial scam is a war, a big war. And you could sweep all of this scandal underneath the rug of war. Now, today in the news, Credit Suisse, whatever, pressure, the Saudis pull funding. But you listen to my show and we covered Credit Suisse. When, honey bunny? January 18th. January 18th, and this is something that we've bailed out three times. They actually hide the bailout for Credit Suisse in our bills that we pass in this country. Because all the corrupt senators and congressmen, they want to sweep that money scandal under the rug like they do IMF Bank and the World Bank and the rest of it. We've been bailing it out. The lovely Honey Bunny has the article from January 18th. We're just on a panel together looking at the possibility of a recession and, of course, all the pitfalls. You mentioned geopolitics and some of the tensions there. Do you think Europe will be on a better footing in 2023 than it was last year? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Yes, I believe so. On Europe, on the positive side, what you see, I mean, it's amazing. You know, the whole energy for supply from Russia is basically breaking up, falling away. But Europe seems to cope with it. Yeah. Yes, but Europe will be hard time. Energy costs for Europe will be the highest globally for many years to come, and that is a competitive issue for the European industry. What does that mean for your client base? So I know you, you've had issues with outflows. Is it easier now? Have you been able to um, you know, tell clients to come back? Yeah, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, people are really watching carefully. Inflation is the topic of Davos, the topic of the day. But when you peel back the onion, you know, um, a multipolar world uh, is coming with, uh, you know, the East partially decoupling slightly from the West. We have China, India, U.S., Middle East, huge growth opportunities. So people try to redirect their investments. There's plenty of money, plenty of resources, plenty of appetite, and they are looking to drive innovation and find the next wave. Well, then what's the problem, CEO of Credit Suisse? Because prior to you giving this speech, the American government bailed you out to the tune of $1.9 billion. This is why you should be working at Epcot, telling me about sweaters from Switzerland. You shouldn't be the head of the Credit Suisse because the reality is you were lying. We spotted you then. We warned the people. Why would there be a bailout for Credit Suisse in an American bill passed by a lame duck Democrat Congress, signed by a lame duck Democrat dimwit in diapers? Why? Because you were covering it up. And what happened to our $1.9 billion? They blew it. 
Switzerland is a devolved federal government with the cantons with great strength. What is your knowledge of Swiss regulators right now? How removed are they from the Credit Suisse crisis? Or they, can they be active today to help their beleaguered bank? Well, uh, they can be active today even if they have a sister that is uh, delegated. However, the problem is that Credit Suisse, by some standards, might be too big to fail, but also too big to be saved. It's not clear that unlike the United States, the federal system has enough resources to engineer a bailout. And uh, what they need certainly is more capital. And the question is whether they're going to get that capital or not. Otherwise, bad things can happen. They're happening since Joe Biden and the Fourth Reich has seized control of the banking system in this nation and abroad. This is the ramification. And now you're starting to see the wobble. This is bad. In the meantime, Joe Biden goes to Las Vegas to talk about lowering costs for families. What Joe Biden and the American Democrat has done to the so-called middle class is destroy the quality of life at the same time massively increasing, massively increasing the cost for their credit their credit cards, their short-term lending, and pricing them out of the market to even tap the equity in their existing assets. That's what you elected when you allowed Joe Biden to steal the most important office in the world. So let's check in with the dimwit and diapers. Decisions, but because of other decisions made. Oh, wow, I didn't see you all up there. (laughs) Holy mac! Oh, God. Don't jump. He does the same stupid joke. Don't jump. Same stuff. This is not your father's Republican Party. This is a different breed of cat now that's in charge. Because your father's Republican Party was debating with people who shared the principles of Americanism. This particular Republican Party is dealing with the Fourth Reich, with nationalists, with uh, Nazis is what you are. What you really are, our National Socialist Party, the Worker Party. And in the meantime... I'm starting to see a pattern, and so are a lot of smart people, people who are legends when it comes to spotting financial malfeasance, people like Charles Icahn. Powell really has to raise interest rates sooner or later. I, mean, I can't talk about next week or even next month, but I, inflation is the worst thing an economy can have, and I think people underrate that. If you look in history, every hegemony has been destroyed by inflation, or almost everyone. I mean, just go back to Rome. <laughs> that, that's what happens. And uh, one of our major problems, I think, in this economy right now, is there's no leadership on the corporate level. You know, forget politically, and I'm not going to get into politics, but I think you, you do feel that in Washington, <laughs> nobody knows what's really going on. But forgetting that, in our corporations, and I've lived with that, I mean, all, all, uh, all my life, basically, and companies today really uh, have, with many exceptions, many, many exceptions, leadership is, is worse than mediocre. We are in the perfect storm for an absolute economic collapse, and who's going to be helping us are the morons that the Democrat mafia has put in charge because of their genitals and their skin complexion. People like Shalanda Young, who testified before Congress today and proved that she is not there because she's intelligent. 
government trust you think, you think his debt? budget reduces debt uh, our budget focuses on the deficit which in no, turn has that. an impact on okay. the debt so that's a no okay that's fine so is president biden's budget balanced meaning does it are you gonna are we gonna spend more than we collect uh senator no because we believe that would hurt working families so how do you spend it when you're butted up against the debt ceiling when you're drowning in bankruptcy when you're drowning in feudalism how do you possibly spend it oh i know you have to declare a war on russia on the same day a russian aircraft intercepted and forced down a u.s surveillance drone in the black sea it was troubling to hear some on the hard right not so much not condemn putin so much as excuse him no no no. we're not condemning or we're not excusing we don't really want to waste more of our money our treasure our lives and we don't want to buy into your profiteering of policy and war i know that keeps the system floated but i want you to pay attention squirrel how many times schmuck schumer says hard right and then if we had a camera on pete Buttigieg, we would see him start jerking the hard right excusing putin not even daring to condemn him one republican governor in particular said yesterday that defending ukraine and opposing putin is not a vital national interest he called Putin's illegal and unprovoked invasion of another sovereign democracy, quote, a territorial dispute. He basically thinks the U.S. is wrong to support Ukraine as they fight and die to protect their democracy. And he certainly. I think what's frustrating is that he doesn't have the courage to say Governor Ron DeSantis. In the same way, they don't say the name Donald Trump, because what they'd have to do then is make you think about the areas and the successes that these men had, not just in their private life but in their public life and they would have to have you focus on the fact that the war machine is in full effect to distract the american people and start a war in which we still don't know if we're on the right side but before i get to that important work i want to say just a few words about a troubling episode yesterday on tuesday russian aircraft again engaged in dangerous and reckless and unprofessional behavior in the international airspace over the Black Sea. Two Russian jets dumped fuel on an unmanned U.S. MQ-9 aircraft conducting routine operations. Routine operations in international waters, right? This is what we have to believe. But it's being told to us by a guy who is a broker for Raytheon, Lloyd Austin, a war profiteer who's lied to us for decades, and now we have to believe the truth. I don't want to believe people who I know are lying to me, whether it be on the economy, whether it be on policy, whether it be on them fighting to uphold the principles of this country. I'm more interested in the facts. The Prime Minister of Finland, Sanna Marin, has been slammed online for attending the funeral of the leader of the infamous right sector terrorist and ultra-nationalist movement in Ukraine. History repeats itself. Finns with Nazis once again. Nazis at the Nazis' funeral. Marin Sanna, it all adds up. Finland doesn't mind Nazism, so I doubt she'd care, even if someone told her. Ukraine's President Zelensky and the Finnish Prime Minister Sanna Marin both joined the funeral in the country's capital. Thousands converged on the city's main square Friday last week, ultimately praising the commander as a hero. Now, the Western media also covered the story, calling him a fallen hero despite his very questionable past. Nicknamed Da Vinci, he joined the ultra-nationalist movement at age 18 during the 20, uh, excuse me, during the uh, Maidan coup in Kiev. 
After that, he joined the fight against those in Donbass. Circa 2013. For his extreme cruelty on the battlefield, he was initially named Chikatilo after an infamous serial killer. And in a notorious interview, Kotzebilo joked that he fed his pet wolf the bones of Russian-speaking children. Well, let's learn more across live now. So good thing he's dead, huh? The problem is that's who we're funding. And in the meantime, the problem is both Chuck Schumer and John Cornyn of Texas want to continue the funding. Just as uh, COVID exposed our vulnerability of our supply chains, uh, um, I think the war in Ukraine um, has demonstrated the weakness of our industrial base when it comes to replenishing the weapons that we are supplying to the Ukrainians, which I'm all in favor of, and they're using them to good effect. But General Barrier, in World War II, we became the arsenal of democracy and saved Britain and Europe. Um, but if we got involved in a, a, a shooting war in Asia, we would not be ready. And I just how could that be? We've been spending over eight hundred billion dollars per year for the last 20 years. Where is the money? Somebody call Victor Bout. Let's find out where the money is. Get him out of the strip joint. In the meantime, Chuck Schumer is stoking the flames as well. Only this time you're identified as the hard right. Something none of the male Democrat senators have ever been called. Not alone in thinking that on the hard right. I have to wonder what he would have thought if he was around in the 1930s. We know what happened then when many refused to stand up to aggression. A world war. No, 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 but... But Chuck, back then we were fighting the Nazis, not funding them, dummy. Resulted. Sadly, these remarks are not unique within the GOP. For years, an isolationist fever has been surging within the hard right, propagated night after night on networks like Fox News. The hard right's isolationism is dangerous. It is un-American, undemocratic, and it is woefully blind to the lessons of history. Lessons of history. We spent $8 trillion in Iraq. Aside from Joe Biden's brother getting a $1.5 billion contract to build homes, no one saw what was actually achieved there. Afghanistan. We spent $9 trillion, not to mention the thousands upon thousands of soldiers murdered and injured. Not to mention the equipment. What was the gain? I like to learn from lessons of the past. That's why I call scum war profiteers of both parties equally. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Same spiel. Same spiel. The only difference is George Bush hit one down the middle. Chuck Schumer would duff one to the left. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on Shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. Yeah, sure you can't. Same story. 22 years later, same bulldung. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The 
answer. I think that's the official Dow Jones song. In the meantime, the information that we need to support any kind of military action is being redacted. It's very similar to the pandemic or the Fauci flu, whatever you prefer. The information is being kept from the American people. How many people are, are listening or calling for diplomacy? Is anyone calling for diplomacy? My allegation is simple. The American fraud government needs a war to sweep the financial malfeasance under the rug. How many people know what's actually happening in Europe? Here is the Germans take on things. We're joined live now by Ralph Niemeyer, the chairman of the German Council for Constitution and Sovereignty, who's joining us live from Munich. Ralph, thanks very much uh, for taking the time to be with us today. Um, first of all, I just want to, to, to get your thoughts on this latest statement by Vladimir Putin, uh, that the attacks on these Nord Stream pipes were carried out uh, on a state level. It certainly seems... Uh, given the logistics of destroying such underwater pipes would require a certain set of skills. Yeah, it sounds absolutely reasonable and seems to be the only explanation that would really stand in a court of justice, for instance. You always have to think that this is the biggest terror attack after 1945 on German infrastructure. And the silence is deafening, as the reporter before said. I agree with that. The German government has not answered any questions to members of parliament who put these questions directly to them, what kind of knowledge they would have in this investigation. And the answers from the German government were in writing saying that they do have some information, but that this was so secret they could not share it even with a member of parliament in a secured atmosphere. Which What do you mean you can't share it? Why can't you share it? The people have the right to know because the information that they don't want the people to know is we, Joe Biden administration, the military industrial war profiteering scoundrels perpetrated this horrific act of terrorism. It would be in the German Bundestag in a special room where no tapping would be possible. So even that is not possible. And they also concluded in the letter saying that the um, findings would damage the reputation of a member state and a partner nation. So wow. here you have it. They have something, they know something, but they don't want to share it even with members of the German parliament. And that is frightening to think. It all sounds so. very, very cloak and dagger there, Ralph, definitely. Um, which countries do you think uh, have benefited from the destruction of these pipelines? Well, nobody here in Germany believes that actually Ukraine would be behind it. I mean, this had been said, but also even mainstream media here in Germany is going after that story in a way that they say, could that be such a small yacht? And you have to dive 70 or 80 meters deep and you need equipment for that. You need a decompression box. You need a lot of things to do and then plant um, devices that would explode. This is too ridiculous to be believed. But of course, it puts the German government into a difficult situation because the support for the arms deliveries to Ukraine are shrinking further here. 
So the people of our countries, both our countries, do not want to continue to support the tornadoes and the Azov battalions. We do not want to support Ihor Kolomoisky and the fraud government that was embroiled in an eight-year war killing its own citizens, who celebrated one of their, their big military leaders feeding the bones of Russian-speaking children to his dog, the rat bastard. In the meantime, who could possibly want to support that? In international airspace. And one Russian jet struck our M- MQ-9 aircraft, resulting in a crash. Go back to two and a half years ago, the economy of Donald Trump, the peace worldwide of Donald Trump. Go back to what we lost by allowing this representative of the Democrat mafia, the dimwit in diapers, to steal an election. Go back just two and a half years. It could all go away if we were to remove every single Democrat mafia member. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. After Joe Biden stole the most important office on the planet, the invasion happened that would not have happened. Whenever I'm told something from my government... Government, I remember what it must have been like to hear of the Gulf of Tonkin. The allegation that the Vietnamese attacked a U.S. Navy ship, blew it up. That was the catalyst for what would turn into Vietnam. 58,000 dead, hundreds of thousands injured. The trajectory of this nation forever changed. And the Gulf of Tonkin was a lie. The Vietnamese did not blow up our ship. The ship blew up on its own accord because of sailors. It was old, out of, out of condition, and it was a problem with the furnace. It was a problem with the entire system that blew it up. But our government knowingly lied to us. As the generals were first there, they knowingly lied about the progress. We picked, arguably, an equally corrupt South Vietnam over North Vietnam. All of it was for nothing. How many millions of people had their lives changed by having members that should have never died die? By having members that should have never been injured become injured? What did that do to our country? And we fall for it every single fracking time. Ironically, these lowlifes that are selling us this new war are only in government because they avoided Vietnam. Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, all of them. Deferments and sidestep because they knew they were too important like John Bolton quoted in his own book to go over to Vietnam and fight for their country and how many wars have John Bol- has John Bolton endorsed how many coups did he stage how involved was he with the coup of the Joe Biden administration i say real involved now why do we keep bailing out these institutions abroad why linda has an idea hi linda Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thanks for making it, because your point is incredible. I, I, Well, my dad used to work for the FAA, and he had this thrift savings account. And I know it was like, how is it a Swiss bank account of some sort? Um, wasn't really clear on it. And then I have another friend who uh, currently works for the federal government, and she also talked about the thrift savings account. Which it is I a tax-deferred retirement savings investment plan that is offered to federal employees. 
Same time of tax benefits that private 401k plans have with unlimited tax uh tax-deferred growth. They've been doing this for decades. Credit Suisse is the institution that houses it. They arguably have yes. billions, tens of billions, who knows how much money, and that's why we yes. bail it out, because they took that that's money and they misappropriated it. it. Right? Right, right. And this all ties in, Sean. Okay, what better excuse do they need to bail out all these banking institutions that have gambled with all of our money and tie it in with a war, kind of put it in a nice, neat package, and then we can usher in, under the Emergency Act, of we need to do digital banking to, uh, to avoid this from happening in the future, okay? I just, that's just my story. The Democrat Party is for the morons. The Republican Party is for the people who don't think they are. And the Independent Party is what we are. And you just got yourself a shirt, V-neck, because I could tell without flipping you over, you're not one of those men pretending to be a woman. You're a woman! <laughs> Give her a V-neck. In the meantime... How are we going to continue to fall for the same thing sold by the same scallywags that avoided a war that was built on the same kind of lie? Right, Schmuck Schumer? Where were you in Vietnam? I can't tell by that gargoyle face, but I think you're a, you're a deferment in shoes. It's ironic that many on the hard right, which historically opposed communism and authoritarianism, now openly float, fl- flirt with autocrats like Putin. These mega- By the way, did you take a look at his wife, Squirrel, in that picture I tweeted? Whew. You tell me when, he, when their car gets a flat, she isn't out changing it. I think she is. Isolationists are making America less safe. They're making our troops less safe. And they are severely undermining American leadership on the world stage. The desire to excuse and validate Putin's goals is just one of the many terrible legacies of Donald Trump. And it's as, as good a reason as any why he... And those who think like him should never, never, never come near the Oval Office ever again. Where's my money, schmuck? $800 billion. The Pentagon the day before September 11th admitted it couldn't find $2.3 trillion. Just five months ago admits it cannot find $2.7 trillion. That's $6 trillion in 20 years. Where's the money, schmuck? And Cornyn... Screw you too, brother. You're a Republican, you're from Texas, and you're selling me more money for this? I want to ask you, from an, in terms of an intelligence assessment, how much should we be concerned about our inability to replenish the weapons that we're supplying to Ukraine and the degradation of our defense industrial base? Oh, John, just ask Lloyd Austin. He's the one who gets the broker checks from Raytheon. I'm getting sick and tired of pretending this isn't a scam. Robert Oak Park. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ukraine is, is a mistake just like Vietnam. I try not to put my hand in the fire, Sean, but, you know, when, when are we going to learn? And also, Sean, if you make, make quick, Officer CPD, Vasquez, Lasso, yeah. I, was, I was there to the wake of funeral, and wow, you know, it's... Yeah. Very sad, you know, what's going on, you know? Yeah, Robert, and they don't care how many brave patriots get killed. We're fodder for their systems of corruption. And that's why Chicago is just a microcosm of the kind of corruption and the kind of failure and the way in which we get used to it that is now we're experiencing nationwide. George in Naperville. Sean, the Beverly Hillbilly should be required viewing for bankers of today. 
Mr. Drysdale, the bank president represented in that show, displayed fiscal responsibility. Yes. And because of his stewardship, his clients, the Clampets, lived in the lap of luxury. Yes, and Max Bear's son picked up a lot of action when it was difficult, when women had standards. So I like that show all the way around. There's a lot of life lessons in the Beverly Hillbillies. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Splendid. How are you? Because I spot the scam, Rich, and I'm not going to let them off the grill. Every one of them, yeah, whether it's Cornyn or Schmuck Schumer, they're in the same pot of scumbags to me. Yep. What I get out of what DeSantis said is that how long are we going to uh, keep funding Ukraine? I mean, uh, Biden Biden says he's going to keep. They're going to keep funding in uh, until uh, uh, things are over. Well, how long is that going to be? Ten years? Twenty years? They can't answer that. Sure they like the scam, that. brother. People forget easily. They, they let Iraq go on, and nobody even cared. What happened to Iraq? What did it? What good was it? Where's our money? Right. Where's our money but in you, Afghanistan? What are we doing in Syria? Where's our money in the Middle East? Where? What are we doing in Africa? They know yeah, Americans Ukraine, are morons. Right. Ukraine already lost. I mean, there's no way that they're going to win this. The only way that they can come out uh, with some kind of... Uh, they lost uh, it in the first case. 90 days. There is no Ukraine. Right. There's our money, our weapons, our mercenaries. There is no Ukraine. There's just Ihor Kolomoisky, and he's got his big fat feet in a beach somewhere in Cyprus. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. You did not know that Jethro Bodine is the son of the heavyweight champion Max Bear? Come on, squirrel. Man, you're young. You probably don't remember all of the financial scandals that Ukraine has been involved with since the Soviet Union broke up, do you? Are we the only ones that give the big money to the Ukraine? We give money to Ukraine. And it's bothered me from day one. And you have... And that's why you had to go. ...convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from... Billion, billion, billion from Pankachenko and whoever got Sangul. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. How come Schmuck Schumer doesn't want to find out about that? Eh, probably because his wife probably has the same kind of haul. And finally on AUMF. Yesterday we took a very important procedural step to set up a vote tomorrow on legislation officially and finally repealing the Iraq AUMFs of 1991 and 2002. Oh, you're going to clean that up now? Why don't you just focus on the money, schmuck? Chuck, excuse me, Freudian. Boy, that Freud, he was on to something. Maurice Berwin. Yeah, Sean, I've given you credit for many things. But one, you often break down the financial components of politics in a better way than any politician ever does. Two, why is it that we cannot get rid of the pensions that are bankrupting these states, like Illinois? Pensions are outdated. 
Why can't well, we ever just get rid of them? Maurice, man is corrupted. That's the problem with us. And when you get enough men in on this scam, they'll gladly rob their neighbor. And that's what you've got a system that isn't based on anything that you and I have to abide by. You've got a system. And that is why Democrat after Democrat, 100 years in the city of Chicago, and it's been failing for 100 years. And the corruption has become you've become accustomed to it. And now you know how it. All of us want that pension. Right? I've got family, friends, guys I love. They got the okay, oh, shut up now, let's just vote Democrat. And that's how you destroy it because we're corruptible. See, and ultimately mm-hmm. if you give somebody a choice of the risk of freedom or the guarantee of slavery, and if slavery is comfortable, mm-hmm. they'll pick slavery. And that's what you're witnessing. I mean that's that's the simple answer. Mitchell in displays. Hey, Sean, keep in mind that we funded the French in Vietnam. Before we got involved with it, we paid for the entire bill. Yeah. We need to find out the corruption, which we knew they were corrupt. And then when Kennedy gets into office, right, after the advisors of Eisenhower, he well, wait a minute. says, hey, look. Wait a minute. I, I want to focus on something before you go on to this. Think about why you need they, the government, the American government, needed to lie about the Gulf of Tonkin. Number right. one, it's well, a good lie because it covers up what you just said. Right. It covers right. up the fact that at that time we were funding illegally funding the french in the in vietnam so what covers that scandal up war that's what this right. is only now you get to sweep it all under the rug all of it do, do, do you know the golf and talking resolution do you know when the, uh, the navy and the air force they were firing and they said they hey they were firing at seals hey by the way the, what actually happened was it was false a false flag golf and talking resolution was one of our guys shooting with a rifle one bullet it's the ship. That yeah. was that was that was that was the red Mitchell, herring. Okay? The problem Listen, is the people like the lie. They like it. Right. They want the right. lie. They want to feel good about being a crook. And then they want to wave a flag of democracy when we don't have it in this country. You have a president that wasn't elected sitting in the office destroying my country. Drew in Naperville. It's easier to believe the lie than to believe that you've been lied to, Sean. Sure. That's that's the way Mrs. Burke goes to bed every night. Go ahead. <laughs> so my question is, um, I wonder how we find out how much of the Ukrainian aid that we've sent has been funneled back into campaign funds for our politicians and into the retirement funds of our bureaucrats. Let's start with how many Ukrainian lobbyists have popped up since we started to support it. Because it used to be a very small fraction. It's gone up four times, four times the amount of lobbyists. And that is the campaign kickback. I always say political scams, from what I've witnessed, from the fat asses at Tom's Steakhouse pretending to be contractors, it's 30%. It's a 30% skim. So that's where I would start. Not to mention you bailed out some of the people who were already financing the Democrats. George Soros was the one who was heavily invested in the Ukrainian economy long before this. That's when Biden went to give the billion dollars of loan guarantees. Who do you think those loans were to? They were to Ihor Kolomoisky and George Soros. And that's why this was a scandal that should have brought down the Obama administration. Instead, the American people sat by while they continued the thievery. Poroshenko and from... Uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." 
They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And-, and it worked. And it always works. And nobody gives a rip. Corruption because that prosecutor was on to the Biden scam and how it was all tied through his family. The first chart here shows a bank record showing a $1 million wire transfer into the account of Hudson West 3 from CEFC Limited on November 2nd, 2017. Senator Grassley and I have already established CEF. Oh, Senator Johnson, you're one of the few good ones. They're not going to care about the million any more than they care about the three million. We have the evidence to impeach this dimwit tonight. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is the Illinois Policy Institute staff attorney and director of labor policy. She has some new uh, research data to go over. Her name is Miley Smith. Miley, thank you for joining me again. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for having me again. Well, I, I love having you. I really do. And I love the work you do. However, the work you do creates a great amount of angst and depression. So <laughs> yeah. one of the things that um, really annoys me is the concept of a socialized education system where you're, where it's provided by the government. And what they've managed to do is what they've done in all of the big cities, and they turn these vestibules of misinformation into golden geese of payoffs for the corruption that is politics. In the city of Chicago, they're paying $30,000 per pupil. And what they produce is the exact scoundrels that are making that city uninhabitable. The kids are what they're producing. They can't read, they can't do math, they have zero character, and the most part, I'm speaking in blankets, there's always going to be a third of people that are good. The rest are going to be terrible. But the system of education is not doing its job. I've felt like this for decades. Most of us do. It's why we work extra hard to send our kids to private school, or in some cases, homeschool them, the best case of all. But the reality is the cost keeps going up, and the kids continue to be morons. Does the data prove me right? Well, we just took a look at the SAT scores from last year. And what we found is that SAT scores have been in decline every year statewide since 2017. And the same goes um, for what's happening in Chicago. But but statewide, we've seen from just 2021 to 2022, a nearly 10 and 13-point drop in reading and math scores. But it is really concerning when you look at Chicago. Um, In 2022, the SAT scores in Chicago were nearly 23 points lower than the state average in reading and 25 points lower in math. 
Now, I know that's a lot of numbers, but the bottom line is statewide since 2017, we've been seeing a decline each year in SAT scores. And then on top of that, CPS students are scoring even lower than that statewide average. Well, it's because their teachers are dumber. I mean, you you know, let's follow the, 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 the the logic here. Their teachers are dumber and they cannot communicate to the children. See, grades to me, this is what I explain to all of my kids' teachers. Grades to me are not necessarily the intelligence of the kids. It's the ability to communicate by the adult. The kid is a blank slate. Your ability to communicate is the performance of that child. And yet what we have are morons teaching morons. For the most part. And the proof is in the pudding, which is why they want to get rid of tests, right? I mean, the reality is these test scores are so bad that the teacher unions, the teacher communist party wants to get rid of the damn test because it's exposing those idiots for exactly what I accuse them of being. I, I would never point to individual teachers as being at fault. I would look at the Chicago Teachers Union and the leadership there. We have been looking at what has been happening since 2010 with Chicago Teachers Union, that much more um, activist slate of leadership took over then. And since 2010, what we have seen in CPS is enrollment dropping. 90,000 students have left the district since uh, CORE, the Caucus of Rank and File Educators, took over CTU. Um, There's been a decline in proficiency. Nearly 80% of 11th graders cannot read or perform math at grade level. Um, And there's been chronic absenteeism. Nearly half of CPS students were chronically absent last year. So obviously you can't learn if you're not in school. Um, But all the while, that's not what Chicago Teachers Union has been focusing on. They're focusing on politics and placing politics above students and above the teachers. Um, They've walked out on families five times since 2012. Um, That definitely doesn't send a good message to students about the importance of being in school when Chicago Teachers Union is frequently calling teachers out on strike to walk out. And by Chicago Teachers Union's own records, just 19% of their spending is on representing teachers. The rest of it is on politics and administration and their own benefits and other 30, leadership priorities. $30,000. I mean, Barrington is not far behind. They're 22000 You've got areas in, the, in Illinois that are spending four times the amount of private school. And everybody wants to fall back to the family, and I understand the argument. I truly do. But the reality is, the breakdown, as far as I'm concerned, is I'm paying you to do something that you clearly are not doing. Now, whether you can or not, that's the argument. But what recourse do the people have? Because the reality is we're stuck in this agreement of extortion. We don't have an education system. We have an extortion system. If there's no barometer that can ever change the trajectory of, of, of education, what is the result of, of, of education in the future? And what can the people do? Yeah, I think this election is a really interesting fork in the road for Chicago, the mayoral election. You could not have two candidates that are more different when it comes to police, you know, when it comes to education. Um, Vallis was CEO of Chicago Public Schools when there was an expansion of charter schools. 
and other methods of, you know, educating students. On the other hand, Brandon Johnson is Chicago Teachers Union's chosen candidate. They just put $1.5 million more into his campaign. So far, CTU and its PAC has given him um, nearly $2.3 million. He's on their payroll. Um, so if we so, want to see, you know... But Paul Vellis was. Paul Vellis was on their payroll. On Chicago Teachers Union, or are you talking about CTS? I'm talking about the Chicago, uh, the Chicago government in general. He said, "I deliver." Right, by but CTU is the is the teachers' union. No, so I understand. I understand. Yeah, it. it they I think have... I think I have a problem with Paul Vallis on many levels, and one of them is his <laughs> well, solution. And I'm certainly not advocating for no, no, no. Of I know. But his solution is that... to put these gangbangers in school with the kids that want to learn. And he somehow pretends that magic will happen and the gangbangers will be some of a lean on me movie. And all of a sudden crack a book open and start singing and dancing in the hallways. That's not how reality works. And the reality is if you don't have the the wherewithal, the courage to put bad people in prison, I don't want them in, in schools pretending they're good kids. Yeah, and Chicago, I mean, there are a number of things that are at issue and demonstrate the problematic environment, the, the troubled school district that CPS is. Um, and, you know, I don't mean to keep harping on the teachers union, but you talk about, like, spending and how much CPS spends on students. Ooh, like we this. looked at, again, when CORE took over, since 2010, when CORE took over CTU, spending has gone up 55% hmm. on 20% fewer students. So there is so much of what is going on within CPS that goes back to Chicago Teachers Union and the control that they have over the district and the control they're seeking to have over the city as a whole. So correct me if I'm wrong. One of their own in the in office. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if the spending goes up 55 percent on 20 percent fewer, in essence, it went up 70 percent. Because you're only spending on those, right? I mean, I mean, the reality that's is, a lot of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> spending went up seventy percent, and that's the way it should be. Because the kids who drop out for one reason or another, or the people who leave, is um, something that gets lost in this shuffle. So, in essence, from 2010 to now, the spending per pupil has gone up seventy percent. Has gone up. Yeah, and I even looked at per pupil percentage, and I don't feel like my math is at the level of doing it live on the radio. <laughs> oh, jump in. The water's fine. <laughs> got a little slippage. The good news is if you more. if they went to yes. CPS, they can't figure it out either. Um, and, and the I'm reality a is, I, I do words, not necessarily it, math. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, this, to me, is the goal of the Democrat Party, the goal of the government supremacists, be they in Democrat or Republican Party. They don't really need and certainly cannot afford a constituent base that can read or be smart. After all, then they'll start to focus on the fact, wait a minute, I've got the lesser of two evils all the way into a third world society. And that's what really we're dealing with when we deal with the level of corruption, the open and notorious pay-to-play scheme that Chicago really is. Can they afford to have kids that can read? <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I think that at the heart of most teachers, um, it is their desire to see kids reading. But I think from a policy perspective, what people need to be asking themselves as they look at the candidates, as they look at policies that CTU is pushing, 
You know, they need to ask, is this a policy that is pushing for bigger government? Or is this a policy that is in the student's best interest? And what we're seeing with Chicago Teachers Union is they're picking bigger government. They're picking more power for leaders. And they are not picking what's best for students. I mean, Miley, it makes them very rich. You know, we had a caller that called earlier from Berwyn. Probably a hardworking guy, work his whole fracking life. And when you realize the way in which this scam of public sector pensions works, these people are retiring as if that hardworking guy from Berwyn had $3.9 million in a 401k that was producing a 7 to 9% return every year. And it's, it, it's a scheme of corruption. And I understand your, your and by the way, you're very, you're obviously brilliant and you're wonderful and you're kind. And you want to start off by saying everybody has a good intention. But I'm going to live in the, in the world of a city that is so destroyed <laughs> you can't walk down the fracking street. And start off with, if you're, you have a good intention as a teacher, why don't you prove it? And stand up for right and stand against the, the corruption that is putting all the Lexuses in the parking lot. Because that's the real skinny here. And this, yeah, the, we're and losing this argument. When you have your choices between Paul Vallis, a soldier in the daily crime family, and a, and a communist of the teacher union, you already lost. I, I do think it's exciting to see more teachers standing up. We have a documentary out that was released in February. It is called, it's at, it's at chicagoteachersunion.com. And there are multiple teachers within that documentary that stand up and tell the truth about Chicago Teachers Union and what is going on within the district and how they have a stranglehold on what happens in the district. We've also seen teachers in recent weeks speak up against what Chicago Teachers Union is doing with their funding of the mayoral candidate, Brandon Johnson, and arguing for, you know, accountability to the members that, you know, that CTU is funneling their money away. So it is great to see teachers standing up and saying, this is not right. What Chicago Teachers Union is doing is bad for students. It's bad for teachers. And it really is all about the leadership priority and their own power so let's talk to me good teachers are uh, see it as a vocation and the good teachers go to the schools that um if they're not good they get fired and they're private school teachers in in my opinion not to say i have a relative who was a chicago public school teacher who's wonderful thankfully she retired but there's a little uh scandal afoot and i don't just mean the fact that they seem to be rubbing the kids in all kinds of wrong ways it's very difficult to fire a teacher in the chicago public school system even if they are idiots is that not the case? Have you ever looked at the uh, of what it takes to fire one of these Chicago Teacher Union members? That is, that's the case with any government union, not just Chicago Teachers Union and not just teachers unions. That is built into collective bargaining with government unions in Illinois. One of my, my favorite um, provisions to point to actually is in the Ask Me Council 31 contract, um, and it has to do with absences of, of state employees. Ask Me Council 31 represents um, about 35, 38,000 state employees. And in their contract, it says that um, employees can miss 10 days w- unauthorized without any repercussions. Well, they're hung they over. Go, you know, I mean, so it's very it's like, hard to work when you're hung over. It, and and there's, there's nothing that the employer can do. Because that collective bargaining agreement is in place. And I know we talked previously about Amendment 1 and what that's going to do to the state of Illinois. 
what this new amendment on collective bargaining will do is make these kind of provisions on discipline the law. Um, they even if, if the state or the city of Chicago um, had a an ordinance or a law that says, oh, this is how we're going to discipline government workers. This is this is what's going to happen when a, an employee crosses the line. All the union has to do is put a contrary provision in their collective bargaining agreement and it will override that law or that ordinance. And so what is in those collective bargaining agreements that deals with discipline and with grievances really rules the day. And that is why it is so hard to ensure that those good teachers are are paid well and get what they need. But those teachers that shouldn't be there are out of the system. This does explain why the teacher unions wants to get rid of testing. They want to get rid of college acceptance exams. This does explain why they want to implement a reverse racism Um do you think that people are smart enough to catch it? I mean, what was the percentage of kids that can read by the time they graduate high school? Well, it was 80% of 11th graders at CPS could not read. So 20% um, at can grade read level. as so juniors. 20% read at grade level. Right. Well, what's right. grade level when you're when you're 17? You should be able to read. What do you mean grade level? What do you got, different grade? I mean, you read the damn thing. I mean, I've always said, just look at the news. That's an example of your education system. And in there lies the problem. So the Illinois Policy Institute, how long before you guys uh, cut bait and run? <laughs> well, personally, I have kids, so we are, like, here for the long run. But um, You're homeschooling you them, know, though. The mom's a here. lawyer. What's the dad do? <laughs> He's in ministry, so, yeah. We, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're going to get religious but, lawyers. Well, they're not going to be lawyers, then. Yeah, Illinois yeah. Policy Institute is committed to seeing Illinois turn around. We love Illinois. Like, I grew up in Illinois. Um, yeah, the people that I work with, we love Illinois. We know there is so much more to yeah. Illinois than the facts and figures that people I love see. it, too, but I um, needed it to love me back a little bit, and instead it gave me the gangster treatment. So I hope you get it to love you back. In the meantime, <laughs> I will be tuning in to the Illinois Policy Institute. Thank you very much for always making yourself available, but more importantly, for doing the work and providing the data that proves our tax dollars are wasted on a regular basis. Miley Smith, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Well, well, well. I think Ross in Oak Forest has stumbled onto the issue. Ross, Oak Forest. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. And great, great segment uh, with your with your last guest there. Thank you. You know, I, I I get the wonderful pleasure of getting to participate in the collective bargaining process from a private industry perspective, where it's it's pretty hard negotiations because we're we're really focused on our, our bottom line, our results and ability to deliver. And I'm wondering who, who negotiates with the Chicago Teachers Union on behalf of the taxpayers from a results and from a cost perspective. It, is it really a good back and forth or is it pretty one-sided with some of the officials that we have? In, it's a, in it's ironic. It, it, it would appear to me, Ross, that the people who are negotiating on behalf of the people are the ones who have their campaign coffers filled up by the union. And that would be called a bribe in the real world. In politics, it's called Chicago. And that's what happens. And that does explain, Ross, 
the uh, 70% increase per pupil in 13 years, and it also explains the result you see on the evening news, does it not? It, it seems pretty crystal clear to me on that one. <laughs> well, Ross, you sound like that, a very smart guy, and by the sound of it, you're driving a gas-using vehicle. You should fill that puppy up and point it in a direction that you're comfortable in and get the hell out of there. Thank you very much, brother. When the, ri- the, the, the system is rigged, it's fracking rigged. Now the question is, has the people in the country adopted the Chicago way, the pay-to-play scheme, the corruption, the clout, the tolerance for corruption? When is, when is Mike Madigan's court date? What about the other guy? What about Alderman Burke? When's his court date? Yeah. Cream Puff Jim used to drive those guys around after kissing their ass. How you doing? How are you, Sean? I got a this this public education is nuts. They should just get rid of it all together. Bring back the child labor laws. Get do those away. Send the kids to work like my relatives in the old days. We had to quit in eighth grade go to work. And by the time they were sixty-eight, they weren't. They couldn't live long enough to collect social security. So you get rid of that Ponzi. So now let's say you're well, a grandfather. But, let's say you're a grandfather. Wait, wait, and you have all this yeah. wisdom that you just displayed, right? Yeah. The Chicago alderman, or Chicago, or a state rep, whatever LaShawn Ford is nowadays, aside from a scam artist who likes to pay off his, his gambling debts with campaign funds, that scumbag put forward a parent bullying law that if you were to tell your grandson, hey, moron, can you read? Get out and read. If you were to raise the kid the way you were raised and those relatives you're reflecting on, you'd be the one that's charged criminally. Now, do you think that's a conspiracy? Or is that Chicago circa 2023? <laughs> Why don't you take that multi-million dollar pension and get the hell out of there yourself? Just do me a favor. Uh, yeah, you, don't but come sure, to the floor. Sure. No, here's the circumstances I've been. Like, I finally got my cigars delivered. Now I'm flush for about two weeks. And this is a real quick story. I was in Madrid the first time I went to Europe, and I the guy that owned the hotel said, well, a weird morning, I was having breakfast there, and he goes, come here by the window, I want to show you something. And he showed me the old-timers walking, they're all dialed up. He said, oh, for two weeks, they can live for two weeks, but the next two weeks, they hide out in their little apartments and you know, eat, eat a you know, bread and bread and yeah. water. And I thought, Jesus Christ, I'll never get in shape. But here I am, here I now, am, you know. I'm going to help you with something because I don't think I don't think you're aware of a tax that you've just opened yourself up to. You've gotten your cigars delivered. Did you get them delivered from out of state? Yeah, Pennsylvania. Oh, did you know that the company you bought them from, whether they're JR Cigars or the other one, that that company takes your credit card receipt and it sends it to the state of Illinois and that you, my friend, are liable for the 36 percent state penalty called the smoking tax. Did you know that? That's all I got to see, Sean. Then I will run. Then I will run. I'll be down. I'll be. You got a cigar drink down in Florida? Have you got one down in Florida? Oh, I I have one I go to, but I don't own it. And the one in Elmhurst is hanging on by the skin of its teeth before that son of a gun is shuttered. But the reality is, it's called a syntax. But if you did heroin or fentanyl, you don't have to pay that tax. You better take that multi-million dollar price. I better work. Better Thank you very much. They got an 18% penalty. Woo! It's expensive to be a free man in Illinois. Daniel, Salem, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean, think about this. That Silicon Valley, they stole that money. Well, they didn't steal it. They misappropriated it. But to your point, there's something that people have to be made aware of. I think that the system... I think that the administration 
has pushed many of these banks into more concern about global warming than they do about shareholder return. Uh, and these banks are badly run because everybody is focused on diversity and all of the woke issues and not concentrating on one thing they should, which is shareholder returns. Uh, instead of protecting the shareholders and their and their employees, uh, they're more concerned about the social policies. And I think it's probably a badly run bank. Uh, they've been there for a lot of years. It's uh, pathetic that so many people lost money that won't get it back. What do you know, Bernie Marcus? After all, you just came up with an idea to deliver home goods to people that became Home Depot. What the hell do you know? How is it that all these people who built things, all their information, all their experience, all their knowledge, all wasted? How is that? According to amazing new analysis from the Claremont Institute, Silicon Valley Bank, brace yourself, spent more than $73 million on donations to BLM and related organizations. Ta-da! Wow! And this is not personal funds. Apparently, these are bank funds. Might be kind of nice to have that money now. Joe Biden bailed them out because they are an asset to the Democrat mafia. Not because they're a bank. They're a pass-through of corruption, like every institution that contributes money to the Democrat mafia, just like the teacher union. Michael on the south side. Sean, thank you so much for taking my call. I hope you and your loved ones are well. I'm good. Um, the, we may be choking each other. Oh, good. In Chicago, but go ahead. I'm just, well, um, best wishes. <laughs> thank you. Thank but, you. Um, I, I have to say, this talk about educational standards only provides further proof that Brandon Johnson simply cannot win the mayoral runoff. Oh, um, Michael, I wish there was a ray of hope, but I predict uh, Brandon Johnson will win in excess of 10 points. Uh, it's uh, sad. quite possible sad. because I think uh, unless the people up, in you, the night. You ran, you ran Vallis. Vallis has the persona- personality of a shoe. You think he's going to win anything? Who's going to vote for Vallis? Vallis's family's going to have a hard time voting for, for Vallis. In the meantime, you've got uh, Shea Gravera spinning a tale of utopia. All it takes is a little more sacrifice. Except for the people who vote for me. We'll take care of you. It's the perfect scam, brother. Perfect. Yes, it is. I agree. I hate to depress you, but if it's any consolation, one of the critics writes, where's the silver lining? There is a silver lining. The silver lining is ultimately all of these lies will have to admit the truth. Now, when that is, that's anybody's guess. Craig and Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Hey, listen. So, you know, I'm hearing it. Oh, I've heard it several times now that this uh, prosecutor in New York going after Trump uh, for the um, hush money, uh, you know, all the way back 2016. You mean the one that got elected by saying she was going to go after Trump for everything? Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're looking all stuff with his uh, basically uh, stormy. Okay. All right. Now, here's my question. So, if he, if he did pay some hush money or something like that, he paid it out of his own money, his own thing. But now you got all these politicians... They got the sex trucks fund that they use that they're constantly getting in trouble because they're all uh, dabbing and doing and all this kind of nonsense and uh, got to come. But they pay off and they pay the, the same kind of hush money to be taken so they can take and stay in office so they don't have yeah. trouble with their families and all that stuff. 
So what is it? So and also, how about uh, Fartwell, where he basically not only is he screwing around and everything like that, he, it's with a Chinese spy. Yeah. What is it that these guys can do all of this stuff? Use our tax money for hush money. Trump uses his own money for. There's yeah. something wrong here, brother. I'll tell you what. What kind of a world is it, Craig? when you can't pay off a hooker with double D implants to keep her mouth shut. What the hell is going on? In the meantime, you have to be part of American oligarchy to do it. You have to be, like you said, Swalwell. And I think his wife not only didn't leave him, I think she's happy he was uh, fooling around with Fang Fang. It's less work that she had to put up with. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from... Fang Fang, she might have got a lot of information, but she earned it. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Things must be bad. Things must be terrible. Mitt Romney actually sounded like somebody who wasn't Wearing burlap underpants. You would protect this president Social Security. believes the existential threat to Social Security of those who want to cut it. His budget says no. Uh, there's nobody in this committee that wants to cut it. I know of no Republican or Democrat in the House or the Senate who is proposing cutting Social Security benefits. And it's dishonest to keep saying it. It's offensive and dishonest and not realistic. We have a problem in Social Security. We need to address it. You agree we have a problem in Social Security. What's the problem, Matt? You are, you, they keep saying this, but address the fracking problem. The problem is the government that was entrusted to do something with that money spent it. They wasted it. They misappropriated it. And you almost want to say it, but you, the financier of the Mormons, you stop short. You always stop just a little short. Boy, oh boy, that's going to be the title of your autobiography. Make it clear, 1,000%, no Republican is proposing cutting Social Security benefits. Now, the question is, why have you not proposed in your budget any action to protect Social Security? Senator, I look forward to... Because it's a weapon. And Sholanda Young, Sholanda, whatever, she doesn't need to prove anything. She is a woman, hear her roar. ...in plans... That are very, no, no. Are very question, clear. The question is, why have you not proposed that those? Why have you that not they made will a not cut Social Security? This president has put it in black and white. We look forward to seeing a plan I, I, uh, that suggests that. Mitt's getting aggravated. Now pay attention, Shalanda. You're talking to Christ on the next planet. Social Security is off the table. This president believes the biggest threat to Social Security are those who want to cut it. His budget says no. <laughs> You know, I, I really do find that it, it, just offensive in the extreme, which is you can't name anyone who is proposing Social Security benefits. I have said, and I, I know my colleagues, no one is proposing cutting Social Security benefits for our Social Security recipients. No one is proposing that on our side. And you keep on saying that's the biggest threat. The biggest threat is in 10 years or so, the Social Security trust fund runs out of money and benefits get automatically cut. There is no trust fund, man. Why don't you do this, man? You have an opportunity. You're a financier. You know numbers. The only way to solve the problem is let the American people abstain. You don't owe me anything. The U.S. government owes me, Sean Thompson, nothing. I just want my money that I paid in, and we go our separate ways. And I'll bet you that there are tens of millions of people like me. I'll bet you there are. 
And this way, I don't have to pretend that there's Social Security. I don't have to pretend you have a fund. And I don't have to pretend you're a representative. What do you say we do that? Let's go back to the principles of property rights and stop using that as a weapon. But then you'd have to reveal that not only are you extorting money from the people in a scheme that doesn't exist, but you're shaking down companies as well. You'd have to expose it all, Mitt. And you're not good at that. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, what's up? Not much, buddy. It's nice. You're in between sessions. You call me early now. <laughs> well, I'm off today. I'm not feeling too well. So. Oh, boy, you better get checked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I was calling, you were following up on Craig from Mount Greenwood. Yeah. You know, basically what this is all about with this stormy, the, the radicals are trying to, and some people like Mitt Romney are trying to stop President Trump from running in any way they can. They're desperate, shaking in their shoes. And they know hopefully if they get DeSantis for a VP, they're, they're, it's, it's over for sleepy Joe Biden. What do you think? I think I'd like to know if Stormy Daniels is on my team about breaking Social Security because I can't imagine the stripper houses that she worked in really were kicking in. That's just me. I'm silly that way. I really like to nail, drill down on these issues, though. By 25%. We don't want that to happen. I'm upset that the president hasn't included any effort to address that shortfall because I want to protect Social Security benefits for all of our recipients. But you don't want to break it, huh, man? You don't want to let the people out? Now you remind me of Cornyn. You just want that same scam to keep going on. Senator, I do appreciate that question, but that, that's really a question, I think, for our policymakers and decision makers inside the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. Certainly our readiness. By the way, who are those policymakers at the Pentagon and what exactly are they doing? They've misappropriated $6 trillion, but they think they found life. Ah, the burning question we always ask. Could there be life on other planets? So Pentagon officials suggest that aliens could be visiting the solar system and releasing smaller probes. A recently released draft research report comes from the Pentagon's all-domain anomaly resolution office. I didn't know they had one of those. All-domain anomaly resolution office. They got one of those. Maybe there's some of our $6 trillion. Anyway, it tracks objects in the sky, mm-hmm. underwater, and in space. The data found that it says it's possible alien ships are on missions similar to ones by NASA that study other planets. Well, did they bring any money? And can they solve our Social Security problem? And will they bring peace? Or are we relying on the Democrat mafia to do it? Oh, boy. My money's on the aliens. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... So let's say, for example, you're not in the government mafia and you don't have a mystical, magical pension. And your money that you put away is for your retirement is losing value by the minute because of government policy. And then there's the threat of the government extortion mafia as they target you for not being in the mafia. As you live through the cycle of American Dark Ages, when we go from what used to be a rich, successful, strong superpower of principles into a European bastardized socialist collectivism. 
Who do you turn to to protect your money? I advocate for Tom Fortino. He's who I go to. And Tom Fortino is on the line. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, it's great to be here, Sean. Great to be here. Tom, these are some yeah. sketchy, confusing times. We got year over year. We got inflation. 6% yeah. is a good thing. Can you uh, explain to me where my retirement would have endured the 6% Biden inflation? And and that's if I don't do the math and figure out that, boy, oh, boy, we're probably closer to 15 if you do year over year for since he's uh, grabbed the office. Yeah, you know, when we talk about inflation, I, let me just make one comment first. I just want to let you know, I mailed, uh, I just got back, I mailed my S-Corp. Today is uh, March 15th. For those that have corporations, today is the last day to send in your tax return. So another government fun thing to do. One piece of advice, always get a receipt when you mail it because they can uh, – <laughs> They can make you prove that you mailed it on time. So or, please just run or you that. market ballot and they'll run it through plus <laughs> six fake ones. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, I, I like the suggestion. You know, someone said that we should make the date, our tax filing date, the day after elections. I wish we would do that. That would make things a lot better. But I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. No. Um, uh, and it would it matter when you really think about it? What are there a third of us that actually pay taxes? And if you boil down the subsidies for the health care that's failing by the minute, that even gets smaller, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, they've done the numbers. In fact, they just had a congressional hearing. They talked about he was asking the, the head of the OMB, Ron Johnson, and a couple other senators, what tax rate should these people pay? What tax rate should the wealthy pay? 1% pay, as we know, we've heard the numbers, over 40% of all taxes. Of course, they couldn't answer. So um, this is obviously a struggle all the time because we're just getting clobbered by taxes. We're getting clobbered by inflation. We're getting the government. Um, you know, they cause all these problems. I love it, you know, with this, uh, with this SVB, this bank, and, um, and then it's more government regulations. Of course, that's the answer. Um, it, you and know, what, you it see, doesn't matter. And that's the taxes, but, right? So people don't realize that taxes are policy inflation, or, or um, inflation is policy taxes. That's what it yes. is. It's policy Absolutely. taxes. Then you've got the taxes you face. But when you hear this bald-faced lie that somehow the, 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 the uh, Silicon Valley Bank isn't going to affect anything and people should be secure in their bank, do you think most people agree with that? Have we devolved so much in our economic intelligence that there are still people that think there's just funny money out there and this is not a terrible sign of the future? Well, I think people are catching on, especially with this whole bailout and what's happened. I mean, you take a look at it. I heard someone say, look, they go and they bail out Silicon Valley Bank. What about the people of East Palestine? He couldn't couldn't do Silicon Valley Bank fast enough, and yet there are these people. So I think the average American is really starting to get tired of this. I hope and I pray that they're starting to catch on to some of these things because they're so egregious and so obscene that hopefully people are starting to get to catch on to this. I think... Go ahead. And the reality is Silicon Valley Bank is a donor to the Democrat mafia. Silicon Valley Bank is made up of Democrats. Silicon Valley Bank has been funding Democrat, um, you know, pet projects for decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, can the president do this? What does our Congress do? I mean, I I was kind of unaware that the president could just, okay, you're made whole, like Oprah giving away fracking cars, and you get a bailout, and you get a bailout. Do we have a Congress yeah. anymore, and, and, and can they stop this bailout? Because this is ridiculous to me. 
Well, you know, this is really with these agencies, and I'm sure you've talked about all the time with these agencies that are not unelected officials that are making decisions, whether it's the FDIC, whether it's, um, you know, any of them, HUD, you can go down the list with moratoriums on, um, on rent, um, OSHA and down the line trying to enforce vaccines. All of these things with these agencies, unfortunately, they're out of control. So they try to do these things. This, unfortunately, has even exceeded what we thought, which was a $250,000 um, protection. Now the moral hazard is, as you know, you know, Katie by the door, anybody can, um, you know, can get relief in this, all these people. And so it's, it's, it's insanity. And it's also going to come back to your point, Sean, you know, the FDIC, they keep saying it's not, the taxpayer's not going to pay for it. That's, that's an, again, I think the average person realizes that just is simply false. I mean, who's going to believe that? I hope there's not too many people out there that's, that are going to believe that. Who regulates the banking system? Who's whose fault is this? How did this slip by the cracks? Because since Dodd Frank, yeah. our regulation bureaucracies have quintupled. Who exactly is um, at fault here, and will they ever be forced to explain themselves? Yeah. You know that's a great question because um, it was the San Francisco Fed that was supposed to re- regulate this bank, and, and interestingly enough, the CEO served on the San Francisco Bank Board. This whole thing stinks. From top to bottom, I don't. It smells you know, like look every at, Democrat I, entity. <laughs> it's crazy, you know. Ninety percent of their um, so this is more, of, I think, of bank supervision. I'm not saying the banking system is great. I'm not a fan of the Fed. I wish it didn't even exist. And I think you know they put the Fed in place. Was it 1913? I think. And since then, we've had a Great Depression, a Great Recession. We've had all types of inflation. Ten years of double digit inflation. But we need the Fed somehow. Um, but, and you know, the Fed is the culprit for fractional lending. You know, this is the real yeah. issue with this bank. Yeah. Is that this bank went from being touted by by Jim Cramer three weeks ago from reporting assets of one hundred and ninety two billion dollars <laughs> two months ago to seized. So in there lies the problem. Mm-hmm. How long before we start to see the real numbers, do you think, in your opinion? Well, you know, that's interesting. I think there's a lot more layers. There's a lot more layers to this onion when they start peeling it back. You know, you keep in mind with a bank, uh, they generally do two things. There's they they have loans or, you know, they're buying these treasuries. So there's credit risk and duration risk. There's not a lot of liquidity in this. You're saying, Sean, this fractional banking system. So the money's not really sitting there for you. And so what's happened is, again, all government, because they kept rates at zero for so long, you've got all these treasuries. Someone made the comment, the Fed itself, you know, the mark to market on these bonds, you know, <laughs> The value was eight the cents on the dollar. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You I said, "What is it? Right? Eighty cents on the dollar with the uh, with these bonds that they're holding? You know, they require these banks to hold these securities. Most of them have to be, you know, the these um, these safer securities. So they buy bonds. Well, now the bonds, because interest rates have been jacked up by the Fed, their bonds are worth a lot less. And so now that's another problem. So now they're going to liquidate them. This has just got a, a, lot, a lot of problems, and it's exposing a lot of problems in the system. Um, and I just hope we get through it. Tom, let me ask you something, because this is um, an interesting topic when I, we talk mm-hmm. about the, the rise of interest rates. Because theoretically, when you raise interest <clears throat> rates, the banks make more money, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But theoretically. the way in which that they are pigeonholed is that if they mm-hmm. sold a two-year Treasury note, you're talking about an interest rate of barely really under 4%, and a six-month mm-hmm. treasury 
is at what? 4.8%. So there's a gap there. Is it because mm-hmm. they were locked into the long term and they couldn't deliver on the short term? I, I, I'm still, yeah. I'm still perplexed as to why they can't <laughs> leverage their long term to buy the short term and arbitrage the, the gap. Yeah, I mean, again, there, there's a number of things going on here. Certain banks, I think, are in, are in worse shape from a standpoint. Even like Bank of America, I think there was a, a, someone came out and did a study there. Their rates are very low right now that you're getting in their checking and savings because they have so many of these bonds, these long-duration bonds. Um, you know, you can hold them to duration, and if you want to, um, you know, you'll get back your principal. But in the meantime, um, you know, keep in mind, I think it was 2020, the 10-year for the first time in the history of the United States, went under 1%. I mean, it's almost unimaginable. Um, what is it today? Is how, today, I think it was, because it's actually what's happened over the past few days, rates have kind of come down because oh. what's happening in the market. Uh, it was probably around three point. I mean, it was up to as much as four at one point, close so to So think four. about two years ago, the money you lost by buying the 10-year bond and taking the government's word for it. Crazy. And then, and then what the government did, and this is what people forget, what the Federal uh-huh. Reserve did, was force banks to buy those bonds, force mm-hmm. people yep. to buy those bonds. So the Federal Reserve is truly the culprit. And then you take on the fact that bankers nowadays are morons. They're not the bankers mm-hmm. of, of, of old. They're not the J.P. Morgan bankers. They would have had a firm that was diversifying that risk, offsetting it, and daily taking advantage of this Federal Reserve rate. What it appears to me and what history will prove is that the Silicon Valley Bank did nothing. No one worked. They didn't have a a firm in there diversifying risk and taking advantage of policy that, in essence, it theoretically should have made them money instantaneously. They sat on their ass and they pretended Mm -hmm. no one would want their money. Isn't that the case? That is the case. In fact, they had no they had no hedge. They said on any of the interest rate exposure, which was excessive. They had no chief risk officer for eight to nine months. And again, you have the San Francisco Federal Board, which is their primary bank supervisor, who is right there. I mean, why the supervision? He should be in jail. Nothing enforced. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Because he exposed not just the people who were stupid enough to not inquisit as to what the bank's strategy was with bonds, but he then made liable through his political connections every American who does the right thing on a daily basis. I mean it. This is mm-hmm. this shouldn't be like 2008. I want that guy number one in cuffs because he knew better and he relied on political corruption to get the bailout he's getting in the dark of night. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. This was all um, people helping people and people that you know. When you look at Silicon Valley, this was a Democrat bank. There's no question about it. Um, Cashed out thirty uh, you, million in two months. This crooked bastard. He knew what he was doing. He had Jim Cramer's help to do it. It's a pump and dump. After they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, they said, "Hey, let's not tell anybody. In fact, let's tell just the right people, and we'll get out and mm-hmm. we'll pass it on to the idiots who are stupid enough to believe in their government." Isn't that what really happened here? That's definitely what happened. In fact, I um, I think there was five billion they put into an investment that was a climate fund that basically went nowhere. Um, this was the CEO uh, position that money there. So, again, I'm, I'm hoping some of this stuff comes out more. Unfortunately, what they're doing is they're bailing out a lot of wealthy people, which this was not designed for. You know, it just causes more problems. 
And to your point, Sean, the government is completely, when you look at the rates that they were held for zero, the inflation that they caused, which precipitated this to raise the rates. And of course, the answer, more government. I guess that's the, what we do, and that's how it we get to this. So now, let me ask you a question: the real estate, or the real estate? Excuse me, that's the only thing I put my money in anymore. But the the reality is, the retirement laws on the books. The banks are losing billions every minute of every trading day session, billions and billions and billions. How much is this affecting retirements? I mean, this has to be destroying long term retirement. Well, I, there was a study that said the average 401k is down 20 to 30% year over year. Um, and so, you know, and these other things, there's a lag here. I think there's going to be some other things that are going to come down the pike. You know, I don't want to say this is the canary in the coal mine, um, but no. you, this stuff is unsustainable. These are the you miners know? in the coal mine. These are the actual guys <laughs> running, for God's sakes. The canary True. left years ago. And then you, <laughs> and then you see that the, that that. You know, when things are good, the scams go on unnoticed because the municipal mm-hmm. pensions, the sure. mystical, magical pensions, you know, when people are all making money, who gives a rip, you know, and you make fun of it. But the reality is the real problem yeah. comes in hand when those very people who lost 30 percent of their own actual retirement are now on the hook to pay for the mystical, magical pensions of the government that are not subjected to the realities of failure. Mm-hmm. And how does that look in the future, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, that's pure theft. And and unfortunately, as I said, I think there's a lag in a lot of these things. Um, you know, you cannot keep piling on $1.5 trillion of debt, the unfunded liabilities. I don't know when that's going to happen. Nobody does. Will it be 10 years from now, five years from now? I don't know. But it, the way we're going, we're seeing these things. And uh, it may be sooner rather than later. And, I, and then you pile on top of that the climate, the DEI stuff. I got the right, the right, got those in the right order. DEI or DIE, whatever it is. Diversity, equity, inclusion. <laughs> that was brilliant, <laughs> son of a bitch. Shalanda Young, she's got a grasp of things. Um, yeah. So let's say you and I, I invite you. I say, Tom, I want you to hear this prospectus. I got this guy, he's got a prospectus. He's going to give it to us. And I call you over to my buddy's restaurant in Elmhurst, 100 South. We order a couple of big club burgers and we wait for this guy to present the prospectus and he presents the prospectus and he describes to us the climate right now that the banking system is perpetrating on the american people and i say well i don't know tom what do you think should we put our money in this system what would you say to me well i would try to avoid right now certainly buying any of the stocks in those systems and owning them i mean we have to keep in mind technically when we talk in the bank What's that? Why should I keep? Why should, why should anybody keep their money in I the agree. bank? Well, you know, you have to be careful. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can to a certain extent if you want to put them in some of the um, not technically the banks. You can put them in uh, a custodian if it's Fidelity or TD or a brokerage account where it's not technically in a bank. If you feel a little more comfortable with that, you can buy certainly certain assets with that money, hard assets. There's things you can do. I do think um, right now, um, I mean, the whole system, of course, is based on fiat money. We don't need to get into that whole discussion. No. And it's the full face. So, you know, unfortunately, that's where we're at. I'm a gold guy. If I wish we would go back, but I don't think that's going to happen. But for the average investor, I would be pretty conservative right now. Small private banks. I have, I have a friend of mine. I have a phenomenal bank. I love the people. They're great guys. But they're constantly under kind of a... a, a 
intimidation tactics by the government. They have to come in. I mean, it's they had to hire three people just to deal with regulations. Signature mm-hmm. Bank of Chicago, very similar story. These are the banks that follow the rules. What happens to them? Yeah. What happens to them in this climate? And are they nervous that people don't realize the smaller banks are the ones that actually do the work and take yeah. care of your money, like Pan American Bank and Signature Bank of Chicago? These are the banks that do the do the right thing because they're under the eye and the in the scope of the government. Do people understand the difference? You know, uh, to your point, I mean, whether it's in finance, whether it's in any type of industry, this is what's happening to the small person out there, the small business owner, right? You pile on these regulations. You cannot, that you just cannot keep up with it. You can't afford it. And it is intentional. I believe it's intentional. And, um, you know, it's just like when they just signed this law, this new uh, Pritzker signed that law about, you know, you have to give people 40 days no matter what. I mean, up to 40 hours, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and you'll pay for it, whether you like it or not. So these are things that are happening to the small business owners. So in any industry, it's the same things. Regulations are some of the worst things and for business owners to survive. Could we solve this problem by making a law that it is illegal for former elected officials to become lobbyists or for former elected officials to sit on banks without doing anything except or arrange for political payoffs like Barney Frank? The irony of that fat bastard <laughs> yeah, I know, it's sitting crazy. on the Signature Bank of New York. <laughs> it's just pathetic. I, my heart breaks for Bastuda uh, uh, and the guys at Signature Bank of Chicago. I share the same name, but not the same philosophy. It's a, a diabolical scheme that if we don't yeah. shut off the revolving door of lobbying and government, it's just going to get bigger and bigger, the bubble, and they're going to do it all over again, right? I think so. Unfortunately, we went through this in 2008, the Community Reinvestment Act, where they forced them to make loans, and that was all government. It's just the same theme over and over and over. So, again, it's unfortunate. Hopefully we can at some point uh, turn this around. I don't know. It's going to take a lot. Yeah. But in the meantime, I do think we have to be careful in this market. And I would just say the average investor, you know, try to be careful. I would be more defensive than that and uh, and just kind of try to survive until the Biden administration leaves. When Patrick Swayze died, the whole world collapsed. In the meantime, <laughs> when I worry about my retirement, Tom Fortino, Alpha Wealth Group. What do you got planned for Saturday? Anything very exciting? You're going to have Janet Yellen's husband on. Is he going to tell you how much money he blows on hookers? She's married. Oh, is she married? Yes, to some very <laughs> unlucky unlucky fellow in a strip joint every time she's testifying before Congress. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, don't have, I don't want to have anything to do with Janet Yellen, so we'll stay All away right, from good. that. In the meantime, Alpha Wealth Group, 9 a.m. Saturdays. Tom Fortino, thank you for coming on. I appreciate All it. Right. Thanks, Sean. You take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The show is growing every single day. Callers from every state. Listeners from every state. How many countries, anybody? 18. That's impressive. One of my favorite new callers is from Long Island. Rob, Long Island, New York, with another great point. Hey, how's it going, Sean? Good, um, Rob. Can you, I mean, you know, you think of Chicago and you're like, oh, my God, it's so messed up. But then you read what's going on in San Francisco. They want to pay 50,000 black residents $5 million each and 
I think they're in debt like $87 million. It's like, yeah. like what do you think of that? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that that fund where they were going to pay him out of was held at Silicon Valley Bank. So we got some bad news for him. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You know, this is an opportunity for the government to tie two corrupt stories together. And after all, you know this, Rob. You're from Long Island, New York, which is a wonderful place, but you're surrounded by not-so-wonderful places. And um, the scam is to make people like they're part of the organized mafia, and then they'll keep their mouth shut. Cut me in or cut it out. So what you're seeing in California is that Newsom wants to be president, and he cannot afford for people to, to compare his states to well-run states. So he has to give away something for nothing, and he has to buy loyalty. It's like Chicago, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, anywhere these Democrat scoundrels are in charge. And it's a funny thing, Rob. You just gave me a great segue. By the way, did you get the shirt? Yes, thank you very much. All right, awesome. All right, yeah, I'm just going to tell so you. I'm so happy. You look fantastic in the shirt. Thank you very much for taking Thanks. time to call me. I appreciate it very much. I'm going to tell you something that nobody in any of these mafia-run states is ever, ever going to hear. But you will in good states like Georgia. This is Governor Brian Kemp. I proudly signed legislation that delivers another refund to Georgia taxpayers battling 40-year high inflation. Wait, 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 wait. Squirrel, did he say he's going to give taxpayers a re... What is it? Refund? You mean the state is going to give taxpayers who pay taxes in Georgia money back? How is that possible? i got to hear it again. This is Governor Brian Kemp. I proudly signed legislation that delivers another refund to Georgia taxpayers battling 40-year high inflation. Another? While some in Washington, D.C. are calling for tax raises, we're sending money back to you. And while they want to grow government, we're growing opportunity. As I've said before, we can't fix everything that Washington has broken. But what we will do and what we can do is to help lessen the burden on Georgia families and businesses. See, but that only works if you are paying taxes. The San Francisco, the ghettos in New York, New Jersey, Chicago, most of those inhabitants aren't actually paying taxes. Most of them are in on the scheme already. So you got to give them a little something extra. I know. Let's base it on race and reparations. And then they won't care how much we lie. They absolutely won't care how much we undermine bureaucracies. Like we do here in America. The interim final rule is a rule that Secretary Mayorkas is trying to change and actually remove the judiciary branch from the decision making on asylum. Even though Congress passed the laws many, many years ago that said the judiciary is to be involved. You know, another nice thing about making us balkanized and judging people and giving favoritism to race over race, the race that gets screwed the most, they won't notice what we're doing with illegal citizens. They'll never know. Why would Secretary Mayorkas want to do away with the judiciary? Why would he want to subvert laws written by this body, the, con- the Congress? It's because they want more people to come into the country. And now their solution is an app where whomever fills it out just automatically gets parole when they show up at the crossing site. Is that fracking great? Can I uh, see the MS-13, guys? Give me everybody named Julio on this side. Everybody named Juarez over here. Everybody with a face tattoo to the left. That'll be great. Tom in Blue Island. Man, do I never get sideways with my buddy, 
Kemp is cutting those checks out of money that he got from the scumbag socialist for stabbing Trump in the back, my friend. <laughs> I, listen, he, he, he definitely uh, could have done something about checking the ballots. But let's recognize well-run states and not well-run states. And by the way, I'm not sure that was all Kemp. I could be wrong, but in the meantime... That is in total contravention to what the laws passed by Congress about how people are to enter this country. I can see it now. Some drug cartel coyote. Hey, for an additional fee, we'll fill the app out for you. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. They never thought of that, did they? Now, this was supposed to be a full committee. But as you can see, the Democrats are not here. They decided to not to not show. What about our democracy? What do you mean they just decided not to show? Where are they? Is everybody by Paul Pelosi's house grabbing a chair? What exactly are they doing? Well, they said coming here was just a political stunt. You tell me. Taking a hearing to the point of the crisis for a first-hand view or boycotting a hearing because you know we're going to shine a light on the truth. Which of those is a political stunt? I'd say the political stunt... These empty chairs. I'd say that's not just a political stunt. That's what happens with the Democrat so-called government. They don't show. Like they didn't show to regulate the trains. Like they don't show to regulate the banks. Like they don't show to find my money in the military-industrial complex. See, what you got to learn, my man, is that government is a no-show job. It's like having enough clout to get a pension from the city of chicago without ever knowing where you were supposed to be during the day this is just business as usual chief ortiz um, does does dhs have operational control of our entire border no sir Wait a minute. Who was put in charge of the border? Who was it? You know what they're doing? They're playing right into the hands of Fox News. Fox News every single day goes after Kamala Harris, trying to portray her as inept and some kind of bumbling fool. She's not. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. This whole this whole this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. We will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work that we will convene to work together on. we got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. We campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> trying to portray her as inept and some kind of bumbling fool. You lose. We're lucky it's just as bad as it is. Now let's ask her husband, who apparently loves the taste of urinal cake. What do you think is the most surprising thing about Vice President Harris that people out there don't know? That they don't know? Yes, and that, that you can say on this stage. Without us both getting in trouble now. Well, she's like normal. She's exceedingly normal. She's an awesome wife. 
She loves to have fun. She loves to cook. She loves her family. Uh, you know, she loves music. Well, they're both brilliant, obviously. He forgot her greatest asset that got her all the way to the vice president. She could put a ping pong ball in a solo cup without using her hands. 312-642-5600. Oh, my God. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. George Michaels? Oh, Michael. I call him Michaels? Had a good old days. Back when Americans walked around thinking they had the First Amendment. Those days are gone. Here is a Democrat congressman, and probably one of the reasons I really do not like Mitch McConnell. I mean, uh, excuse me, Mitt Romney. Massachusetts was a great place that really became like a sister city of corruption next to Chicago, next to Illinois. Jim McGovern is a rising star in the Democrat mafia, and he's got a problem. And his problem is that the American people have access to the videos from the coup that is called the Biden administration, from the coup that was all set in path as so many people bought the trap of January 6th. He doesn't like that we have opportunity now to actually see the video and ask, who were those guys in the Capitol with the Trump stuff, you know, before any of the doors were open? Who is Ray Epps? Did the FBI and CIA have assets in the Capitol? He doesn't like that we question that now. He liked the good old days when the Democrats could sell the lie of January 6th. In the same fashion, the Democrats sold the Gulf of Tonkin. The gentleman from Massachusetts is Madam, recognized. Madam Speaker, when the gentleman says that what Tucker Carlson aired somehow destroyed the narrative, I mean, give me a break. I mean, essentially... Basically saying what happened on January 6th uh, conforms with what Tucker Carlson said. It is offensive to everybody who was here that day. It is offensive to the staff. It is offensive to the Capitol Police officers. It is offensive to everybody. Your narrative is offensive, dimwit. Your narrative, your insistence that Joe Biden is legitimate versus what he really is. A usurper, a successful election thief. You and your Democrat mafia and their schemes and their lies and their money laundering. It's all offensive, Baldy. I mean, come on. Uh, you know, I mean, Madam Speaker, um, you, uh, let, me, let me just say to the judge. By the way, in case people have lived in their house their entire life, when someone is doing this stammering, when they are struggling, it's because they're trying to make the lie they're about to tell you make sense to themselves. Jim McGovern is like every other Democrat, bald-faced liar. I mean, what I said before was that I favored re releasing tapes so long as they did not, that's my personal opinion, so as they did not at all compromise any security. That's what I said. You're not worried about security. You have your Gestapo called the so-called Capitol Police as security. You know the ones, the ones that murdered a veteran by the name of Ashley Babbitt. But I, I, I really, I mean, it, it is so sad to be on this House floor after what happened on that day and to hear members of Congress basically try to cover up the horrendous 
atrocity that occurred that day, the attack on... I wonder if you know how stupid you look. I wonder if you know how obvious you are as a liar. I wonder if you know how many millions of Americans know Joe Biden is illegitimate and cannot wait for the day he is removed from office. By the way, how's Jimmy Carter doing? Hang on, Jimmy! Hang on! I'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.